This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. A federal court has ruled in favor of Alabama's Attorney General Steve Marshall and against the Assistant Secretary of Health, Rachel Levine. The ruling has to do with a court battle that's ongoing as Alabama defends the state ban on transgender surgeries and hormone replacement for minors. The state of Alabama is pushing back at the Department of Justice for their involvement in this whole case, where the DOJ has signaled that they want the state law removed so that transgender surgeries for minors can proceed. A.G. Marshall is seeking the emails that belong to Levin as evidence that Levin has been a lead voice in advocating for the sex changes for minors and for the DOJ's involvement. Levin is also a biological man who dresses as a woman and goes by the name Rachel. Court just determined that Levin's emails and records are relevant to this Alabama case. Marshall says that Levin has been at the forefront of this reckless promotion of sex modification procedures for children and looks forward to reviewing the documents from within the HHS in order to properly defend the state law. A former NFL football player and Alabama native, Wallace Gilberry, is officially launching his bid for Congress in the newly created Congressional District 2. Gilberry is running as a Republican. He joins seven others in the Republican primary. There are 13 Democrats who are vying for the candidacy in their primary race. Gilberry is black, a Republican, and a very vocal supporter of Donald Trump. He told 1819 News recently that the out-of-state Democrats wasted time and money in an effort to create this new district through the legal process. Gilberry is quite confident that as a black conservative, He's the one who will be winning the seat in Alabama. Gilberry posted this video to social media. I just launched my congressional campaign this morning in Alabama's new second district. Ironically, I played for the University of Alabama, then went on and spent nine years in the NFL. Once I retired, I moved back to Alabama to help create opportunities, but were met with so many challenges from our failing government. So I decided to join the fight and help clean up this message Democrats have gotten us into. I'm not a career politician. This is my first time, my first introduction to politics, so I need your help. If you can, send 5, 10, 20, whatever it is to help further my campaign. Thank you. God bless. And let's keep this energy going. Well, Donald Trump apparently has Alabama on his mind. Trump has now endorsed a fourth Republican House member for re-election. Trump says that Dale Strong is working hard to grow the U.S. economy, fight inflation, stop illegal immigration, support brave law enforcement, and champion conservative values. Trump says Strong gets his complete and total endorsement, and Strong says he's honored to receive that endorsement. The endorsement comes just a day after Trump did the same for Robert Adderholt and before that, Gary Palmer and Mike Rogers. A historical building in downtown Birmingham could have some serious renovations coming soon. Ascent Hospitality is the current owner of the Brown Marks building at the corner of 20th and 1st Avenue. Ascent Hospitality has just secured a $49 million investment from Peachtree Group out of Atlanta and will use that money to build a 338-room Marriott and Element Hotel. The hotel will be catered towards business travelers. The Brown Marks building is the second oldest skyscraper in the Magic City. Rosa Parks Day has quite a lineup of events in Montgomery. The official day starts December 1st. City leaders have four days of events scheduled out to honor the 68th anniversary of Rosa Parks sparking the Montgomery bus boycott. There will be a rally and unity walk on Friday that marches from King Memorial Baptist Church to the Rosa Parks Museum, then a public convocation that night. A junior golf classic tournament will be held on Saturday and a Rosa Parks gala at the Renaissance Hotel and Spa that night. 
A mini-summit will be held by Montgomery Mayor Stephen Reed for young professionals who are considered to be millennials in Generation Z. That will be held on Monday, and that evening, a gospel music concert at Holt Street Baptist Church. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, both Democrats and Republicans in Congress are displaying a rare spirit of bipartisanship when it comes to a government surveillance program that could be placed within the language of the National Defense Authorization Act. 54 House members from both parties have signed on to a letter that was sent to the Senate and House leadership of both parties, warning them to not attach the reauthorization of Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, known as FISA. That section allows intelligence agencies to collect communications on targeted foreigners, but has already spilled over into abuse and the targeting of Americans, which is all evidenced by the surveillance conducted on Donald Trump through the now-debunked allegations of Russian collusion. Those opposed to Section 702 being part of the NDAA want it to be pulled out as a standalone bill so that members of Congress can debate it, amend it, and reform it on the House floor. These Republicans and Democrats believe it's an insult to Americans who are now aware of the abuses of Section 702 by the intelligence agencies to see it passed in a blanket vote on defense budgeting. A perfect example of the extent of government surveillance and infringement is currently on display through the documents related to the special counsel, Jack Smith, and his case against Donald Trump regarding the 2020 presidential election. Documents in this case show that Smith ordered that social media platform X, also known as Twitter, hand over information of all platform users who may have liked or retweeted a post from Donald Trump following the 2020 election. So let me say that again. Smith wanted all the account information on anyone who may have liked or retweeted a post made by Trump following the 2020 election, and Smith then ordered Twitter administrators to sign a non-disclosure form so that Trump would not know of the level of this search. Smith also sought to have all data surrounding Trump's personal account to be handed over as well, including any direct messages. Twitter at first resisted the demands of Smith, but then ultimately relented and were subsequently fined $350,000 by Smith for not meeting his demands within the deadline that he gave them. Smith's heavy-handed demands were revealed when media organizations filed to obtain these court documents. When it comes to Trump and the case against him in New York City, coming from State Attorney General Letitia James, more Deutsche Bank executives have testified that they base their loan approval for the Trump Corporation on their own evaluation of Trump's net worth. Attorneys for Trump once again sought to have that case resolved immediately by the judge and dismissed since the bank executives were clearly not victims of any crime or defrauded in any way. Trump's attorney, Christopher Keis, said the Deutsche Bank testimony so far shows that the bank did its own due diligence when loaning to Trump. Judge Arthur Engeron stated that the fact that the lenders were happy with the situation does not mean that a statute wasn't violated and therefore refused to dismiss the case. A federal judge has ordered the FBI to hand over information related to the death of Seth Rich back in 2016. Rich was working for the Democratic National Committee in Washington, D.C., and he died as a result of a supposed robbery in which none of the valuables on him were taken, not his wallet, his cell phone, or his watch. But he was, however, shot in the process. The FBI called it a botch robbery. Rich's death occurred after the Podesta emails had been published by WikiLeaks in the summer of 2016. 
Attorney Ty Clevenger has been in a legal battle to find out more about Seth Rich as the potential leaker of those Podesta emails and has been seeking the documents from the FBI for years now. The FBI, in turn, has been seeking to cover up information about Seth Rich for the next 60 years and made that request in a courtroom back in 2022. However, this month, a federal judge decided that now is a better time to reveal all of that evidence and ruled that the evidence surrounding Rich's death must be turned over to Clevenger within 14 days. This includes Rich's personal laptop, his work laptop, DVDs, and thumb drives. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 